This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast, brought to you in association with Classic Football Shirts. I'm your host, Wayne Barton. Privileged to be joined by the wonderful Paddy Barkley this week. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, I'm standing in for Paul Parker, who I know is your regular guest. (laughs) And... uh, uh, substitute for Paul Parker, that's definitely going on my CV. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get much better than that. Might be a slight loss of pace um, <laughs> and ability <laughs> and everything else, but uh, I shall do my best. And uh, it's, it's lovely to be on, on the podcast again. I absolutely love it. And uh, I suppose uh, it's difficult not to say a, a mixed bag from Man United is that fair yeah absolutely um, before we get on to that um, because it's an opportunity to, to use the platform Paddy um, this yeah. is going out early December um, mm-hmm. that's the start of the year we did this uh, podcast on Manchester United it was broadcast on Love Sport Radio and then and then we've done the Premier League podcast since we've recently launched this new podcast um, that's available on Patreon um, which is a second series of on Manchester United. Also recording some things with some very special guests. I don't want to give that away, but um, we recorded a great episode last week. I just wanted to take the opportunity, really, to um, thank you for giving your time this year, and, and it's been just a, a privilege to talk football with you. Um, looking at United's past, um, just been a great experience, and I think hopefully, I think it's translated well for for listeners as well because we've seems to have got some good feedback from it. So. Good. Not completely wasted your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I love it. I mean, I, I do it all day. But uh, uh, it's it's great to talk. Uh, you know, over all the the various subjects, Manchester United, uh, recent history, um, and uh, yeah, I, I've got to keep the secret. It's quite difficult. But um, the <laughs> next the series that you're referring to. Um, involves a, a, a really major figure in the history of, of Manchester United um, and a format that I hope listeners will find enjoyable. I certainly did, and it's quite difficult to keep the secret, but I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, well, we have got enough to um, keep us um, busy with um, recent events. And like you said, another mixed week for Manchester United. And it, for me, Paddy, it's a very curious one in a campaign of alternating pressures for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, as usual he gets most of the criticism for United's defeat and then none of the praise for United's win mm-hmm. now this is a, a podcast where I'm generally Ole in and you know we've discussed this and I really am but if you're to push me mm. I, I'd be inclined to agree with that assessment of the last week although I do think as usual some of the criticism's been hysterical and over the top mm. but I do find myself more concerned about the victory than the defeat and let's start with the defeat against Paris um, United played most of that game fairly well actually but when you've got players like Fred and McTominay you are going to run the risk of opponents particularly in Europe teasing them into trying to get them sent off because they know that they can get drawn in um, Neymar tried it a few times with McTominay um, Fred fell for it a little bit more in his battle and, and then he looked destined to be sent off before half time it was amazing that he came out for the second half yes. but it was against this backdrop a football match was played and United actually we'll get down to the particulars in a moment but United actually looked good once they weathered that early storm didn't they? Yeah, yeah it looked uh, I mean there's certainly no doubt in their right to be there um, you know against a team of <clears throat> well against a team who, who will expect to be in the final shakedown for the Champions League that this season. Uh, I mean, I suppose in, in a sense, United, given their history, will expect to, to be to be there. 
um, you know, sp- uh, you know, with Spurs is um, uh, not to mention Liverpool's exploits. I think there's there is a confidence among Premier League clubs. No, no wonder, given the money that they've got. But uh, yeah, it was it, it was a, it was a fair fight, you know. And uh, uh, apart from the fact that, uh, that that Paris Saint-Germain had two great players, one of whom showed it, uh, Neymar, I think. I think Mbappe mm. was a bit hit and miss. I don't think he's always able to live up to the massive sort of, uh, uh, you know, best player in the world hype uh, yeah. at this stage of his career. But he's certainly got all the all the equipment. And when you're playing two players like that, you've really, you really can't afford to be making the kind of mistakes that United did um, in terms of, at, at times... Wayne, I, I think that this is a flaw, maybe in the in the in the squad, in the in the whole group, that sometimes they don't seem to realise that they're up against Neymar and Mbappe. You know, yeah, they seem to go into every game thinking they're as good as, well, they're not. Um, <clears throat> you know, you know, United don't have any player of that stature at mm. the moment. Mm. Uh, but I hope we'll talk in more detail about Mason Greenwood. Because um, this is a player who I thought the first time I saw him, you know, has got a glimmer of greatness in him, Mm. true greatness. Um, And we saw an example of what I'm trying to stumble towards, you know, um, in the in the league game at West Ham. But uh, yeah, to go back to the to the narrative, yeah, I I got the impression when Neymar scored that wonderful second goal. Um, uh, you know, whole length of the pitch. It was the entire length of the pitch, I think. Uh, was it the second goal? I think it was. Anyway, uh, you know, if you notice in the final stages of that manoeuvre, um, it's basically dustbins. You know, there was no movement, no awareness of great players on the pitch. Hmm. You should always have, you know, an eye. A defender must always have an eye on a great player. You know, because... They, they're, they're cleverer than you. You've got to be in their face or on their back or whatever. You know, you've got to be aware of them. And if you look at it, there's not one single United player who seems to be aware they're up against Mbappe and Neymar. Yeah. You know, they seem to think they're playing, I don't know, uh, Macclesfield in the cup or something, you know? <laughs> but, but Paddy... To me, it was amazing. Utterly amazing. But isn't this the sort of the prevailing point with United is that it doesn't. If they were playing Macclesfield, mm. they could be in trouble. I'm not. I'm not saying that lightly. You know, you've got. No, to, well, I'm thinking back to Milton Keynes four United nil and two, two or three managers ago. You know, was it Milton Keynes being four 0 Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. I suppose that is fair to say that they can lose concentration in any situation. But I just feel that if I was. A player, uh, you know, I'm sure Brian Robson went into the great game against Barcelona, well aware that Diego Maradona was on the same pitch, mm. you know, and and inspired by that, you know, if I can get one over on, on one of the great players in the world, this is the kind of challenge that these people feed on. I, I don't, I didn't get that impression with Manchester United. I thought that, uh, against Paris Saint Germain, I thought this, thought it was just another game, you know. Yeah, it, it was a, a strange, um, a strange game really. Because once um, Fred was sent off, the entire um, 
shape of the game changed. United were doing quite well. They'd had a few chances early in the second half, and then, like you said, for the last 25 minutes, you just felt that Paris were going to keep exploiting the pace of Mbappe and, and Neymar, which which they did to great effect. Um, and one thing we've discussed on this podcast, and I've had a sort of butting heads with Paul, even despite um, his greater experience and knowledge on the subject, is the virtue of Solskjaer's patience. Because I've tried to sort of defend it and stick up for it. So, and the, the biggest example is persisting with Lindelof to give him time to build a relationship with Maguire, in spite of it not looking great. Now, rewind a year ago, and Paul was saying to me, you should be throwing Tonzebi in now because I don't think Lindelof's up to it. Mm. So... I, I've argued back and sort of said, well, Ollie's trying to give it patience, knowing that you've got to give that, uh, you've got to give a partnership the time to sort of stumble over its mistakes and and get together a little bit. But then you have the persistence with Fred, and this is like a microcosm. It's not, it's not a year. It's sixty minutes in a football match. Mm. Solskjaer's defense of that is that. Fred was playing well and he was sent off for a good tackle and there is some truth to that although it is classic deflection because we know he was going to get sent off and that's the point for what I'm trying to bring up with this uh, Paddy is when does patience become procrastination because even I remember I know a few Everton fans um, um, even before United signed uh, Moyes as the um, replacement one of them remarked to me said he's called Dithery and Dave for a reason and then the point was that he always waits too late to make the change which is kind of what you could accuse at Solskjaer um, where do you think we are with that do you think that it is fair that he's, he's persevering I, with his players I, or did he go I too long what he's doing I mean, and I, 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 of course it, this is guesswork but it seems to me that what he's doing is pragmatic management um, it, the, you know between now um, and the, it, over the next month um, he's not going to bring in Mm. Um, name a great centre half. He's not going to bring in a, um, uh, <laughs> Rafael Varane. Uh, he's, he's not, and uh, uh, and uh, Thiago Silva, who's already gone to Chelsea. But he's not going to he's not going to pull these rabbits out of a hat mm. in the next month, even if they want they want to come to Manchester United. Um, so you've got to show faith in what you've got. And uh, he probably feels that now is not the time to be, exp- you know, chopping and changing your centre-half partnership all the time. Uh, in which case, I would say that's good management. It's not spectacular management, and it's destined to frustrate the support because they know that Lindelof is the kind of centre-half <coughs> who you love to see on the team sheet if you're the opposing striker. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and I, I, that, that sounds disrespectful. I mean, at this level, of course, he's a good player. You know, he wouldn't be at the club if, it were, if he wasn't a good player, hadn't proved himself. I'm just saying, at this level, yeah. if Lindelof's in the team, the striker thinks, oh, I might get a chance here. Um, but he's a, he's a, he can play a bit. So that, I, I just think it's pragmatic, pragmatic mm. management at the moment. And there's nothing fans hate worse. I know this from the teams I support. You know, you get furious when the manager keeps to the textbook um, because you, what you want is a is a, um, a, a piece of alchemy. You know, a, a sudden arrival of a Cantona who will, or, or a Bruno Fernandez who will change everything, albeit in the short term. In, in the case of Fernandez, but I think it's going well at Manchester United. I mean, 
correct me if I'm wrong, they've got a cup final coming up, uh, which if they survive it, if they draw this cup final, they get to yeah. stay in the Champions League. They've got... Uh, they're in 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 a in a top four top four top five position in the league. Uh, is it fifth they are or fourth? I don't know. But the fifth in the league, and they were being tipped for relegation along with Man City a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I mean, it's 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 not all doom and gloom. And uh, I think Solskjaer is a steady Eddie who keeps um, uh, a reasonable idea of the club's traditions. He expects a lot. Um, and uh, uh, there are signs, and I, I'm sure we'll get on to Paul Pogba because I've got a lot of apologising, semi-apologising to do after his performance at West Ham. So um, I think uh, uh, I think there are some some good signs, but I do understand that you know I'm not a Manchester United fan, so I'm perhaps less demanding um, than you are, and and and, and I sense that, that people are saying, come on, we're Manchester United, we should be dominating things, not hoping to scrape into next season's Champions League mm. in fourth place. Yeah, but having said that, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I am with you on that. I mean, it's such a topsy-turvy league anyway that it's difficult to sort of say this is a prediction of where we're going to be. But I said when we finished third last season that really that team's anywhere between third and ninth. In that, in, with those, yeah. with the squads around them, um, with a fair wind, and the fair wind for United was an injury-free spell, where they played all this good football, and of course the fact that Bruno Fernandez, and perhaps maybe even even the lockdown, the fact that Fernandez had, had this extra time to settle with everyone, um, that enabled him to start the the post-lockdown football really well. Um, mm-hmm. One last thing on Paris, um, the the idea was that Solskjaer had been schooled by Tuchel in the you know the Paris dugout who was yeah. then linked with the United job and this is what I'm talking about the hysterical overreaction to this so like now I get it that Tuchel he, he did well he, he sort of noticed what was going on hmm. he knew that Fred was walking a tightrope and he sent sent on Herrera who everyone at Old Trafford is familiar with exploiting yeah. those situations yeah. uh, and he also noticed um, that Rashford was injured and the, the space on the right to, to exploit um it's not um, Cruyff levels of ingenuity, is it? It was just an exploitation of the moment. And as much as you could say, yes, Solskjaer failed to react, it, I think it was just the passage of just a few minutes and that borderline. I don't think there was anything genius or catastrophic about it. Um, yes, he could have brought Fred off a, a little bit earlier, but we're talking splitting airs with that aren't we surely yeah, these are the destinies with which football games are decided but there's nothing yeah. brilliant either way <clears throat> no I, I think the decision to leave Fred on the field for so long was um, almost perverse you know um, yeah. uh, 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 almost deliberately perverse um, you know it doesn't seem like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's personality at all you know one minute I'm describing him as being uh, you know, doggedly practical, and the next minute I'm, you know, I'm accusing him of gambling <laughs> with United's numerical status on the pitch. So, I, I, you know, I can't have it both ways, but I, I cannot understand yeah. why that substitution wasn't made at halftime. Yeah. Uh, when it was so obvious, and it's not as if Fred was, you know, um, 
man of the match up to that point or anything like that, or likely to score a hat trick. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I found that uh, bewildering, um, and uh, I'd love to hear uh, uh, an explanation for it. Yeah. Um, so United went on to win at West Ham and it was yeah. less a game of two halves and more a game of three thirds really because West Ham were dominant for 60 minutes and then uh, it turned around um, Ole rested Rashford and Fernandez. he had to bring both on at half time I, I still thought though the, the turning point was arguably matter coming on for Martial because it, Martial's um, removal moved Greenwood into the centre where he, he'd mm. previously been anonymous on the right and yeah. Martial was basically becoming the starting point for every West Ham attack. Um, before we get into um, before we get into the negative part of the first 60 minutes, let's talk about praising the comeback. Um, yeah. Mason Greenwood you mentioned earlier and he's uh, Finish was outstanding, wasn't it? Um, well, yeah, and Pogba as well. I don't like, you know, you're, you've got to be careful with words like genius and great, which I used earlier. But if that goal wasn't striker genius, uh, I would like to see what is. Um, an unbelievable touch and, and definitely not a lucky touch because of the way his body moves uh, in concert with it um, before he finishes with what was, you know, a, a, a shot, not a, not a pass into the net. It was, a, you know, he hit it in a way that even if, it, even if the goalkeeper had got a hand, um, it, it would probably still have gone in the roof of the net. So it was, it was I mean, I, I think any striker would have been in the world would have been proud of that. And how old is the boy? But is he still 18 or 19? Just, just 19, yeah. Just 19 then. Uh, I mean, I, ever since the first moment I clapped eyes on him uh, I thought this boy is potentially in a different league from Martial yeah. and United you know, I, I, all United fans all say same to me, oh we need a striker uh, and, I, I, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a team playing with three strikers, Martial um, Rashford and Greenwood when, when he's picked um, how can they say they need a striker but I, I see what they mean now I think forget Martial. Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, you know, obviously have him around because Greenwood's still young, still developing, and the question marks over, over his uh, attitude uh, arose. I think that I'm pretty sure they've been, been, we've been reassured on that. But he is an exceptional, a really, really fantastic talent. Reminds me of when Wayne Rooney was coming through at Everton, you heard whispers and you saw the light and you thought, oh, that's not just whispers. Yeah. That's a, that's a phenomenon. And the, th the thing about Greenwood, though, he doesn't suit three, a three, uh, in my opinion, because he plays in, he's best playing in small areas. Yeah. Uh, some players are like that. It, it, it's difficult to explain. I was thinking before we did, how do I explain what I'm trying to get at? Mobility isn't his strong suit. But if you, you just let him play around the box, like, you know, Robbie Fowler or, mm. um, you know, uh, other great strikers of the past. Um, then you're going to get, you're going to get a guarantee of thirty goals a season, because he's not going to miss it, miss any. I, I, I think I think we talked about it, Wayne, about when he first came into the side. And Martial, everybody knows he's not got a left foot, so. It, it, 
it, it, it doesn't mean you know it's easy to shift him on his right because he's got a good right. He can finish very well with his right foot. But with Greenwood, you don't know. Yeah. He can go either way. He's got two great feet. Um, and, 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 and what the extra problems that gives defenders, um, you know, uh, can, can, be, can be all the difference between a really top player, which I think Greenwood can become. So I would say Greenwood at maybe and an other should be United striker. I certainly don't think you particularly need another one now that you've got Cavani and Greenwood. And I'd, I'd say the, the, the rest, you don't have to fit around that. Yeah. No, um, I, I would agree. I, I, and I think Rashford is, you know, uh, we have to think of Rashford as a winger now. I mean, obviously he's not a winger, but he's uh, as a wide attacker. Yeah. Um, and he is, he is definitely, uh, you know, obviously effective as a counter-attacking wide attacker. And uh, I'm very good at that. Um, so I, I think it's clear now that United have to go with Greenwood. You know, as you say, 19. It's not 12. You know, it's time to, to trust a really, really, in my opinion, a really, really top talent. Different class from Martial. Yeah. It's it's interesting. And I know we'll talk more about the game specifically, but you mentioned um, Martial there. And the sort of expectation that's now on Greenwood, even being 19. Gordon Hill wrote um, a column for the website. And... Um, it was basically about um, Van der Beek. He made a, a reference to that he's had a little bit of a difficulty settling in, but you hope that after Christmas he'll kick on. Um, and that's normal of what you would expect. That's the level of expectation where you say, okay, he's had a little bit of a time to settle in and now you want him to kick on. United are still waiting to see that with too many players who've been there for too long. We're, and we're talking three or four years. We're not talking six months. And Martial, I think, is in that category because you're looking at him and you're sort of saying, oh, well, something better will come next year when you're surrounded by other players. Um, no chance. He's as good as he'll ever be, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But another player who gets that is Paul Pogba. And you mentioned about wanting to... Um, sort of revise your opinion on him now yeah. this is a, a, an interesting one for me Paddy because I, I remember um, thinking <laughs> after the game um, mm. I thought I'd be quite critical of Paul Pogba's performance I didn't think he was very good I know that he contributed defensively but I, th- I felt he was wasteful um, and sloppy on the ball apart from mm. then he scores that goal and it's like oh my god what do you make of it, really? And, and really, it's Pogba, Pogba's contribution is kind of like a, a summary of the entire game. What do you make of that one? Cure its egg, yeah. But I think that uh, I'm, I find myself falling into the mistake that, that, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer appears and Ed Woodward seem to have made with Pogba. That I'm looking at that performance and that phenomenal goal. I mean, that... Took me. I was hoping uh, Paul. Uh, unfortunately, Paul isn't unable to. Paul Parker isn't unable to join us. But I was, I was gonna uh, talk to Paul about about that that goal, a side-footed stroke from 22 yards. I mean, my God! When Glenn Hoddle did that on his England debut under Ron Greenwood, we thought, "Wow, yeah, that's world class." And it was. That was a world class finish from Pogba to to to, to do that. And to make it look like a tap-in, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And I found myself, and I thought his performance, all-round performance was a lot better. He looked much more like part of the team than I've ever seen before. And 
my reaction after the game as I was thinking about it was, hey, let's give him a bit of a run. Because if he can do that every week, if, he, if he's willing to do that every week, yeah. we've got a, a, play, a real player here. And that, in a sense, is the mistake that managers make with him. Yeah, yeah. And yet, how can you not do it when the boy's got such talent as he's got? Such technique, should I say, as he's got? It's who'd be a manager? They deserve the ten million a year, don't they? I mean, <laughs> almost. But it's it's uh, it's very very difficult to know what to do. I mean, I've been saying for two years, sell, 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 um, and, and now and now I'm thinking, well, if he does that every week, but that's the whole problem. Yeah. Once you start saying if. Or phrases like "if" or "on his day." Yeah, you no, yeah, I mean? it's absolutely right. And I, I wonder if um, this comparison's valid because um, people used to say about Shinji Kagawa and, and other players who were mm. misfits mm. under the Ferguson era, but mm. they would compare him to Veron. But I wonder if Pogba's the best comparison to Veron. And I'll tell you what I mean by this: yeah. that when Veron was having this sort of one ge- good game in four because of the mm. sort of pressures that were put on him and the position where he want, wanted to play and where he was playing. Mm. The difference was that United had three great midfielders. They had Keane, Button, Scholes, who were not on the decline. They were all playing as well as they'd ever done. So Verona had to play well to fit into that. This, the flip with this is that Pogba's having the same kind of ratio of good performances or good influences, but... United are dependent on him mm-hmm. because they don't have the same quality as what we once had and it's, it's still a Verón um, conundrum because what do you do with him and I'm, I'm, I'm with you with that because every time he does this I, I start to wonder is this going to be the, the catalyst for more than the one good game in five or have we just seen the one good game in five and, and you don't know that until the next sort of four or five games and then you feel a little bit silly for having got away. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit more reserved in my... Um... Yeah. I think, I think um, that it's, it, it's very difficult. And, you, you know, you, you, when, you, when you come up against manage, man, management conundrums, and in a sense, <laughs> we and, 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 and fans everywhere, we're, we're, we're sort of... Um, we, put, we put ourselves in the position of unpaid managers, don't we? We say, well, if it was me, I'd do this. But if you look at if you look at Ferguson, you see that what he did with Veron in the end, um, you know, having bollocked all the press and called them idiots and so on, uh, eventually when it, the time came to make a cold hard decision, he took a fifteen million pound hit, sold him for half price, mm. to a direct opponent. Yeah. So, I think you've just got to be brave. Yeah. And and say, you know, we've we've not got eighty nine million pounds worth um, out of him, and I don't know if that includes the agent's fee or or not. But it, it, you know, it was a big, big sum. They've given him how much in wages over the last three years? Mm. I don't know. But you're talking, you're cracking on for a hundred, hundred and fifty million. Well, that's a lot more money than than Ferguson dropped on Veron. I. I <clears throat> I, I, I still feel on balance that the best thing to do would be to sell, but I, I think even more um, so, uh, they should have sold 
two two years ago when they when they had the chance and got a much bigger fee, um, yeah. and uh, and being able to to rebuild. So yeah. I, I I still think go, but my God, I, I I'm very well well aware that that could be a massive blunder if what we saw in in cameos at West Ham is what he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you mentioned Mbappe and Neymar earlier on, and, and they are obviously two of the world greats. But with them, we're an example of the kind of consistency that you've got to. Oh yeah, achieve. but I, I'm actually mentioning them in in the different context this time because oh, we were mentioning yeah. the MK Dons um, attackers, and Jared Bowen isn't MK Dons level, but he's not Mbappe or Neymar. No, he but he looked Neymar, like he's, it. He's good. He's a good player. But he looked like Neymar, and, and ah, uh, he, he was he was unbelievable against um, United. And um, but it was the fear that he I've never seen him. Be, I've never seen him play anything other than that. Honestly, I'm telling you, he's good. He really is good. He doesn't look. He's not elegant. But my God, he's a good player. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, but he, he invoked panic into the United defence. It was unbelievable. Mm, how, so how quick. He's very quick. I've never seen. Um, I say I've never seen. I'm careful with. I've got to be careful with the way that I put this because another theme on this podcast, and it's been said so often that I'm thinking of getting it trademarked. The phrase <laughs> a, "a new low" in the post <laughs> Alex Ferguson era, um, and for the we were talking just before we came on the show. Um, the defending in the game for the first sixty minutes was absolutely horrendous, especially in the first half. Now for the, for their first uh, for their goal. I've never. This is the United defenders find new ways to surprise me. I've never seen a goal where a team has got two free headers in the box mm. from, and and that's what they did, and that's how they scored. And then they should have had maybe four goals in the in the first half. And suddenly, this conversation isn't about United coming back and Pogba doing well. It's about whether or not Oli's still in a job or whether he'll be dismissed this week. I don't want to sound like I'm being hysterical, but I honestly believe that's where we would be. No, you're quite right. It's always, uh, you know, given the expectations of this club, um, yeah, uh, in, in a situation like this, when the team is by bipolar if, if if you like you know um in 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 its character even you know we uh, last time we spoke Wayne I, I said you never know when you what you're going to get with united but sometimes with united you don't need know what you're going to get from one minute to another let yeah. alone from one game to another so when you have a team with with such a, a you know a split personality um as this um it, it it, 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 it is the manager's fate is dangling all the time because what you were <coughs> saying was that two really poor performances, two performances of such utter vulnerability, um, had had it, had it panned out like that, which it might well have done as you've just described, uh, you would have to say, well, this, you know, we have to make a change now, and of course there's always this pochettino-shaped elephant. Uh, in the middle of the room, isn't there? Yeah. You know, uh, 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 an Argentine elephant. You know, I've never seen one of those before. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, when when you think of, of the United management, it's very difficult not to, for his image not to come up. Isn't yeah, it? I, I do want to sort of caveat what I'm saying because I was saying, and I'm not 
saying, oh, great win with the foresight. But I said when the transfer window closed after we'd been beaten 6-1 by Spurs, I said, look, look how the scattergun nature of how that transfer window ended. Um, you have to look at that Spurs game and you have to expect that that is the standard of what we'll, we'll see going forward. And Not that we'll lose 6-1 every week, but we know how badly we can defend and we know that the attack is compensatory at that, um, at that level. Now the defence wasn't really strengthened Neither was the defensive midfield So you've got this massive vulnerability in there And it's like we were saying The West Ham first off West Ham could have scored four Mm. And you're not complaining Because you've seen a team that deserved to score four Against a team that deserved to concede four And United don't come back from that They just concede more goals Um, and, And this is You mentioned bipolar And that's the perfect phrase for them But even within that, you don't expect something to be so bad and so good uh, the other side of it. And the other no. thing is, Paddy, if it, let me um, mm. just complete the thought with this, is that yeah. when United are good, it's yeah. it's achingly simple in yes. the way that it's executed. And this yes. is the frustrating yes. thing. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you. When... You know, it's almost like, you know, it's, uh, the light being turned on in a... In a, in a, a, a an almost near dark room uh, it, it is it does look devastatingly simple you know uh, counter attacking with pace and 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 they look t- they look terrific i agree with you the only thing i would say about the bipolarity factor is that it's not confined to manchester united i mean on the yeah. same weekend that they lost 6-1 to spurs uh, liverpool who who may well win the league this year and the champions league uh, we're losing seven two to Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, so it 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 is an unusual time in more spheres than football. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know I think that's that's one possibility and much more difficult for managers like Solskjaer and others to build consistency because your team plays really well on the um, on the Saturday and you have to change it. Yeah. Because they've got ninety minutes in the in the in their legs, and the poor dears can't cope with that in, in more than that in a week. So you have to you have to drop your six best players for the yeah. next game on the Wednesday, uh, and that is very very difficult for a manager to do when he's he's saying, "Listen, son, you give me what I'm asking you for, and you've got that shirt for the next few games." Yeah, he can't say that. He says, you give me what I'm asking you for and I'll drop you. So it just must make managers, management very, very difficult. And in particular, consistent management difficult. So I think it's everybody. You're probably going to say to me, yes, but Paddy, for goodness sake, how do you explain Liverpool now? They've got consistency. <laughs> uh, but maybe they've got a particularly exceptional manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one little note to fi- uh, finalise on the West Ham game. Um, a little note for one matter. What a pass oh, yeah. for, for that goal. And and I mentioned earlier matter coming on as as the turning point for United yeah. because of, firstly, his own influence, but secondly, the repositioning of other players and without wanting to be harsh, the removal of Martial, which was also necessary. Um, does... Is Matt, does Matter have sort of an Indian summer in him? Does he have something where ah, he's crucial to this United side? I don't know, but there are times, you know, I've been, you know, uh, uh, you know, talk to people in shops and so on, and people, fans of other clubs, 
I'm very glad you mentioned Mata. Fans of other clubs have said, you know, why isn't he um, the main man at Manchester United? And um, after you know, you know, flashes of brilliance like that, and and you know, we know what Mata's like. He's a he's a, a consummate professional. Has been for a long, long time in a lot of in, in different scenarios, mm. different clubs. Um, and he, 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 the, the fact that people support it was a, a Chelsea fan actually came up to me and said you know we always thought he was great mm. ah, so I couldn't understand why Jose let him go um, and, and, and now what seems like a hundred years later he's still doing it for Manchester United why isn't he you know more prominent in, in the Premier League you know um, I don't know the answer because you know, uh, uh, you watch him and watch him. He's not got a killing pace, has he? Mm. But you watch him and watch him and watch him and watch him and he does the right thing. You, you know, when was the last time you saw him do something really stupid? I can't remember ever seeing him doing something daft, you know, like Bob uh, turning the wrong way, you know. You only got two ways. Yeah. Don't pick the wrong one. And and you just you just don't get that from Mata. Mind you, you don't get 20-yard tap-ins, do you? <laughs> no, you know you don't. But um, it's such a great pass, um, and yes, and he's such a was, be- beloved was, player. And, and as not well. a surprise. Not a surprise. Come no. On, it. Um, so it does remain to be seen. Um, Solskjaer, I mentioned this on last week's show with Paul that in in the midst of trying to build a, a sort of good plan B, he's having to rebuild a plan A. Um, very interesting how that's uh, well, it's like a race against time isn't it can he do that before the axe swings yeah, on him that's right. um, but you know we've been here before and I do I do want to keep saying that I am supportive of the manager and people should remember if they do listen to anything that I, I say I, I am supportive of him I am also going to be critical of him when, when I see it not going quite so well um, but he did make the changes on, on Saturday and United did win the game and I always have to sort of remind myself because um, I, I criticise others for it is that in today's world you are almost expected to be hypercritical in the moment and you that's not how football's evaluated you have to look at the 90 minutes and and then evaluate that as it as it is and that's how you know that's how winning is done from the managers and that's what we should expect when we're evaluating it as well so i, I do want to say that when i see positives and i see, see Oli getting it right it doesn't matter when he gets it right as long as United win the game and and United they certainly did on on Saturday it's just yeah. I, I do and I, again caveat in the um, explanation with that um, the transfer window and everything and the lack of defence it does extend to how he's been backed as well so I, I just want most other people to sort of acknowledge that as well to sort of say well this is the hand that he's been dealt and we kind of got to expect some of this, um, some of the negative side of it. Um, but as long as it keeps going well, um, yeah. and that, that brings us to this um, cup final in, in the midweek. Oh. Um, Champions League qualification depends on this result. They've played two semi finalists from last year in the group. Um, in some ways, it's better that we're playing away in the in this final game because it, except even though there's no fans at Old Trafford, it does take the sort of pressure off of playing at home, and mm. where we've had a, a sort of bad result um, but also the the pressure on them to put in a good performance and uh, absolutely and and they have to win yeah uh, uh, um, 
Will they will they have fans? Uh, I don't know in in Leipzig. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure of the situation, but you know, even having uh, a couple of thousand uh, you know fans in will make it better for the neutral. I have to say that as a neutral, I'm so looking forward to this one. I mean, Barcelona are playing Juventus at the same time. <laughs> Ronaldo against Messi, and I'm going to be watching Leipzig against Man U because uh, <laughs> you know of, of of what really matters. Um, because the match really matters so much, mind you. I will, I will take Barcelona Juventus and watch it later. But yeah, it's the one to watch. And in a way, you know, if the, the neutral would like there to be a full house and rocking and all that. But I'd still fancy United to get something out of it because, and I'm not, I'm not saying they're not playing a good team because they are playing a very good team. But uh, and what's more, a team that can drink Red Bull before the game, so uh, <laughs> not be fined for it. So um, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a terrific occasion, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, but I I would make United favourites because they got the draw, uh, and uh, also counter-attacking is what they're all about. They've got strikers in form; they're a perfect run out, if you like. Uh, down in uh, down in the Olympic area of London uh, for this game, so I, I think uh, my, my 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 I'd favour United to come through, and if they do, once more, we're looking at uh, you know we're looking up because we've got I don't know who they're playing at the weekend. <laughs> we've got a really good game coming up. Uh, at the weekend, uh, a Manchester derby, and what a fantastic uh, position United would be going into that derby um, with Champions League and you know, and the title. <laughs> theoretical possibilities. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the theory that hurts more than anything. You, you look at United, and you, you've said that a lot of things are weighted in their favour um, to, to go in this game in Germany, but. I always look at it and think that's probably when you expect too much of United because the the conditions are there to sort of oh yeah favour them a little bit and um, it's just I I do wonder a little bit because again let's revise the expectation that this was two of last year's semi finalists in the group and United are not expected to win this year um, although you know stranger things have happened um, yeah. but. Is is failure to qualify from the group? It, it will be perceived as a disaster, but will it really be? They'll get into the Europa League, which nobody really wants. But finishing third behind Paris and Leipzig is it? Is it really the disaster that it'll be made out to be? I'm not quite sure. In, in terms of level of expectation, I'm saying Manchester yeah. United should obviously they want to win the group, but in in terms of where they were last season, mm. third place is kind of. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be, be par. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a disaster. But uh, if you look at the um, the budget of Leipzig and the budget of Manchester United, obviously, yeah. yes, I think that that the that the support is entitled to expect that, given that the support, you know, provides that budget. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, but having said that, you're quite right. It was a a kind of a group of death. The Europa League has. 
it's I mean I, 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 it's there to win it's there to be won this year yeah um, but we're, 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 we'll cross that bridge when we come to it yeah absolutely um, and we might have to <laughs> <laughs> yes um, yeah you mentioned Manchester City at home um, and this is uh, again one of those sort of banana skin occasions because United have had trouble in, in games where they're playing at home and it is going to have to be a case of playing like the away team and in that case, doing what they've done against City so many mm-hmm. times, and it's kind of one of those things where because United have had a good record against them, Solskjaer won three of four last season, got the league double as well. I didn't realise it was the double, but it was obviously the last game at Old Trafford before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, so the league double there, and and City don't look brilliant at the moment. They've taken a while to sort of get going, and they still look fairly. But they weren't brilliant at the weekend either. Yeah. Um, it's difficult what's called. I, I don't called. think City are as good a team as the team that came to Old Trafford for the Balotelli match. I mean, you're probably thinking, well, <laughs> it's just as well. But because yeah. uh, we don't want another 6 1 on our <laughs> CV this season, thank you very much. But uh, no, I watched City against uh, my favourite uh, Premier League club, Fulham, um, a few days ago. And uh, I was very encouraged that Fulham managed to neutralize, well, sort of neutralize them for a lot of the game. I mean, Fulham are one of the poorest defensive sides in the league, um, yet managed to to get away with only 2-0. Now, you know, for all Manchester United's uh, defensive woes, as you have described them, um, you know, they're, 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 they're... capable of defending as a team better than Fulham, to be honest. So, um, I don't think... I think United will go into into the match, obviously, knowing that they're going to get 30% possession, probably, over the 90 minutes in a home game. Um, But there's no need to to be frightened of that. Uh, As long as you, you, precisely as you say, play it as an away game. Paint this... Paint Old Trafford... <laughs> for the occasion <laughs> it might cost a lot of money in pain but it would be worth it I was going to say El Trafford hasn't had that kind of investment for 15, yeah, exactly. for 15 yeah. years excellent <laughs> they won't start excellent. now I never thought about that I think definitely would say no no we're not, we're not spending $500 on pain no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> brilliant but uh, no it, it, it that's how, how they have to do it and make no mistake under Solskjaer they will do I remember you know, a famous performance about a year ago was it against Liverpool where, where they did uh, they did a lot of that and, and just concentrated on counter attack and, and won the game as I recall but it when was, it was 1-1 they scored in injury time but they did that they, was it it nearly won yeah, a, a yeah. famous victory unexpected victory over Liverpool but played really well took the lead through um Rashford, know, it, yeah. It, it, there, there was, um, I think James was playing. There was a lot of pace yeah. in the wide positions and so on. And uh, I think that's, you know, if you get at Manchester City's defence and, and, and there's evidence that, that, that Guardiola's not absolutely sure of what his best partnership is, we've had a lot of John Stones, um, a lot, you know, he's be, he was in on uh, at the weekend and. Uh, my word, you'll be wanting to see his name on the team sheet, won't you? <laughs> eh? John Stones. Um, you know, terrific talent, but uh, 
always got a, a, a crashing error in him, and, and, and it was no mistake last weekend. So, yep, I don't think... Uh, I think United will, again, go into the derby um, with a chance. Mm. And that's regardless of what happens in Leipzig. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, we're talking after a defeat and a win and I'm still feeling glass off empty glass off full kind of thing yeah. I can't quite make my mind up but I think next week it's going to be one or the other um, if United are qualified and even if they suffer a bad result against City then you'll feel a lot brighter because um, because the level of expectation is just what it is at the moment and well, I say that, and then you've got a level of expectation, and then within that, <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to see every single week, um, which is um, a strange thing for United at the moment. It's great for us neutrals, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, um, yeah. wasn't good for me on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. so that even even accounting for the win. Um, oh well, you see, your fingernails take a bashing, but that I just sit back and enjoy it. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for less eventful games in the next couple of weeks. So well, the next week at least, um, I guess. Well, yeah, like, a nice boring one nil against. City will do you, will it? Yeah, well, anything will do. We always used to have, we used to have a running joke that um, win one nil with um, a goal off someone's arse in the last minute, and that'll do yeah. us. Yeah, um, <laughs> particularly in the last minute. <laughs> yeah, not asking for much, not asking for much United. So <laughs> if you if you can help me out, um, I'd be, be grateful. Some All something right. less laborious than what we had to go through on on on. Th- on s- Saturday, that's for sure. Well, one thing you've got with Solskjaer, you've got a last-minute specialist, haven't you? That's down <laughs> in history, 1999. And uh, basically, if you can nick a couple in the, was it, 92nd and 93rd minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You'd be happy. Well, Good. C- certainly will. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, remember, Paddy and I are doing this new series of on Manchester United that's going to be... Oh, it's on Patreon now. Most of the series is there already. We've got a few more episodes to come um, to be aired. Um, we're looking at Ferguson's early years from 86 right through to 1994, my favourite side. Some really um, interesting stories in there, including a great story about Paddy um, confronting Sir Alex at a game. <laughs> it's worth subscribing for that story alone. Um, so, somehow surviving. Yeah, somehow surviving yeah, to do these um, series. Um, remember, um, guys, if you want to get a 10% discount with um, classic football shirts that's TOTD10 at their online checkout if you enjoyed the show give us a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts and remember to subscribe to um, our Patreon podcast as well that's it guys take care and we'll be back next week to talk about those games and hopefully talk about Champions League qualification for the knockout rounds